Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, everybody. This is Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos founder and host, and today is February 19th, and we are having a special guest, Michael Bartlett, and our subject is Saturn in a Pisces. In a Pisces? I don't know about that, but it's in Pisces, and that's the bridge to Aquarius. Saturn in Pisces, it grounds humanity. And we begin traveling this sacred journey for spiritual inner growth. It's quite a dimensions that has many ramifications in many ways to experience. And yet we will. So at this moment, Michael Bartlett was on the program back in November concerning her, his subject that he wrote about maverick planets, which is another dynamic uh, part of astrology, which of course encompasses just about everything. Michael focuses on esoteric astrology and traditionally while incorporating the depths of the outer planets, his core energetic training, he's highly intuitive nature, three decades of business experience and two decades of astrological wisdom give him an extensively resourced toolbox and he is the author of these books, Astrological Mavericks, which was the focus, really, subjects of these planets in all our charts, of any chart for that matter. And the byline of that is, do you have what it takes to change the world? They're powerful energies. And Astral Theater which is a revolutionary approach to the ancient art of astrology. And I might say corresponds very well with astro jam, which is a, a part of astro drama. And Michael is gladly joining onto that um, panel that we have every quarter. So in addition, Michael has been the past interim president of Kepler college and through that college, which is an astrology co online college, he offers webinars and workshops, and he offers experiential intensive readings and speaking engagements. And he can be, of course, located at Michael at coremichael.com. And I don't know if I forgot something. Was I supposed to say we're ready, Nathan, for anything? Did I miss myself? I don't know. But anyway, I'm glad to have Michael here. And I must say, I've been experiencing some technological adjustments, but we're powering through because it is going from the electronic to the inclusivity, right? Hi, Michael. Hi, Sue. How are you today? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm so glad that you're joining me on this. I know you have lots to say about uh, the whole subject. Perhaps you have a thought that you want to open us with. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of, we were talking about just a little bit ago. I mean, what's very fascinating about it in, in esoteric astrology, Pluto is the ruler of Pisces. And in traditional astrology, 
Saturn is the ruler of Aquarius. So they're in each other's signs. So I like that sort of a bridging because there's this way in which um, Aquarius can be a little cool. It can be a little can be a little harsh. What we say about Aquarians is I'm an Aquarius son, by the way, um, just for, <laughs> just to be completely transparent. And um, what we say about Aquarians typically is we love humanity, but we don't like people. Um, we get caught up sometimes in the idiosyncrasies of individuality and sometimes can lose sight of the importance of the individual while looking at the larger scope of humanity. Um, that's a little bit of the shadow side with um, with the uh, uh, Pluto in Aquarius. But I think the Saturn in Pisces is going to help temper that, give us a little bit of a grounding. I like to think of Saturn in Pisces as being ancient wisdom or um, the old seabed, you know, an ancient seabed or sand castles on the beach. They are things which we build and we do and we think have a certain level of permanence until a wave comes along and tells us it's something different. It's sort of like the absolute um, stability and strength of that which is Saturn, which is usually about boundaries and structures and our skin and our bones and our teeth and these hard elements. You know, the ring pass not in esoteric astrology, we call it, um, it meets the limitlessness of the Piscean Ocean. So how does one hold one's boundaries in the ocean? How does one allow oneself? And the closest I like to think about it it's funny, I'll, I'll do another little transparency bit. I have a three degree Saturn uh, in Pisces. So I'm getting ready for my second Saturn return. And I think the closest thing I can say, it's almost like being a big long piece of kelp that is rooted down at the bottom of the ocean and that is able to drift and move with the moments of the ocean while still remaining grounded and centered within itself. I think that's you know one of the life goals for those of us who, who wear this, uh, this signature. Oh, Michael, that really, I'm, I'm so anxious now to bring up some of my slides because there's a beautiful imagery of that. And really, thank you, Nathan. And I will share that I am studying vibrational astrology just on the very entry level of it. And I can share that with Saturn, yes, it we archetypally it does connect uh, as we are aware of of structure and boundaries but what vibrational astrology brings forward is this idea that it is the essential what is fundamental that lasts beyond time and therefore with pisces which is that expansion into the unknown of greater forces of ourself, it's spirituality. So this is a beautiful thing to realize that like that ocean that you were bringing forward, and these are our panelists for those people that are looking at YouTube. There's Michael Bartlett at coremichael.com. And of course, you can find everything on Top Cosmos. And thank you for subscribing to our newsletter and YouTube. Here, Saturn and Pisces energy, Yes, the ocean, as you had said, water, emotion, intuitive, spiritual, fundamental essence of it. And I love this picture that one of the many artworks that you share with of the Buddha with the flame and the aura and the spheres. So symbolic, very dynamic. Thank you. Yes. And then 
Here it is. There is that picture, <laughs> okay, of the kelp and the water and the fish and the human being, whether it's Sedna or whoever. Or, yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, it teaches. It, it's the mutability, right? So, uh, Pisces is is the last mutable sign. It teaches us that um, uh, uh, not being attached which is the complete antithesis to what Saturn is, right? Saturn is teaching us about attachment, teaching us about being ground. So for me, you know, for my work, when we talk about like core energetics, it's it's um, the understanding of the traumas that we experience through the birth process, through growing up, where developmental issues become these strategies that we hold in our lives. And so what I like about Saturn in Pisces is it helps me to understand, you know, that that the ways in which we have our boundaries are, you know, boundaries that we like to think of this set form that we, you know, okay, my boundary, this is where my no is. But the truth is uh, boundaries are energetically dynamic when you talk about the energetics, right? You know, when, especially when you think about Saturn and Pisces together, it's like, I'm going to say no, but it might become a maybe. It might become a yes. Um, I need to gather more information, right? Saturn, Saturn's going to want to take a little more time. Saturn and Pisces, I think, is going to take a lot more time. I, I see, like, especially with our generation, when I look at this, um, the um, March 23, 1964 to March 3rd, 1967, I'll date myself as well. <laughs> I already said I'm getting my, ready for my second Saturn return yes. anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, those of us who also were born and so and many of us within this time period also had that conjunct Chiron, Chiron opposite Uranus and Pluto. I'm very happy that mine is like 12 degrees away. So, you know, it's there and it's mm. present, but it isn't ruling the roost. It's affecting other things, of course, because that's what Saturn does. Wherever Saturn is that which requires us to mature in the most particular way, just like Pluto is that which removes the egoic luxuries that are involved with our evolutionary path, the ways in which we become who we became here to be. While we look at astrology, what's really nice with the birth chart is we can look at it as a snapshot of the person. These are sort of the goals and intentions and the energies that an individual has coming into the body, working with, you know, the themes that they're continuing to work with as far as how I see it, again, Saturn and Pisces, you know, reincarnation, you know, Akashic records, these things that, you know, continue on that are continue to be quote worked on Saturn in Pisces, you know, that we work on for many lifetimes in these themes. Um, to See, that end, oh, go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say right there, that's a very Piscean philosophy of our attitude perspective that I feel, of course, there is, I share, and I think progressively people are becoming aware of is this idea that our spirit, and we've called it reincarnation, which immediately for some folk might have a blinder set up, like, because we all have this baggage with words, you know, but really when we look at it, what is life eternal except as I see it, as as that spirit, that source part coming into new form. Because Einstein says energy never gets destroyed. It just reforms. So why are we any different? We're not. So thank you. <laughs> and the key, the interesting thing I find, or the thing that is kind of like the koan that I'm working with in my 
mind. And a koan is something like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? It doesn't have an answer. The point is to sit, to create this place of nothingness within your brain. Hello, Saturn again in Pisces, the place of meditation. And now I've lost where it was that I was going with that place. Oh, <laughs> that, that, it's, that it's this path of um, learning and becoming and understanding that there's something greater than ourselves. I, I believe with this Pluto in Aquarius, the Saturn in Pisces, it's going to require us to step forward in different ways and aren't so me-oriented. Mm -hmm. Pluto's, I, you know, moving into across from all, you know, that whole me generation of the Pluto and Leo generation are going to have Pluto opposition starting in March. Yeah, in Bye. fact, I think I'll join right here. Let's see, we'll go back to this. This is another great picture of yours. But here, esoteric astrology, because I created these folks, if you're looking. And of course, we toggle back and forth as they're appropriate. So esoteric versus S-X-E-X -X is like traditional mundane. But here, eso which is the hidden, the unveiling of what we don't see, soul-centered, esoteric astrology, primarily concerned with the study of the unfoldment and externalization of consciousness. One little sentence out of Alan Oaken's, the great late astrologer, soul-centered astrology. Yet, I think also here, I wonder if this might relate somewhat to our conversation right now, and then we can flip back to Aquarius and those pictures and the charts. But yes, I love this idea that you're bringing up is that uh, because, okay, what I'll introduce is the mutable cross and the cardinal cross, which you are referring to with, with Capricorn, which is cardinal action, motivation, movement of the four, and Pisces, both of the last of the four, and of the mutable, of the shifting, refocusing, element, adjusting. Yes, it's, it's quite a process. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. I mean, when you think of Aquarius, it's, it's, we call it a uh, right human relationship, That that's really its highest goal. And Jupiter is the esoteric ruler of Aquarius. And Jupiter is what we call a second ray planet. The planets are all split up into different rays. And the second ray is the solar system in which we live and which our sun is also second ray. And it means love and wisdom. So the idea here is um, with Jupiter and Aquarius is loving wisdom towards humanity. This idea that the, the, that if we structure things, hello, the you know the traditional ruler of Saturn. If we tr if we use set up our foundations foundations appropriately, we use Uranus as the modern ruler of Aquarius, and we bring in new ways to evolve and understand and improve upon those foundations. And then we move into Jupiter, using these foundations to serve as many people as possible and benefit everyone. That's a really wonderful usage because. On the more traditional level of Aquarius, it's going to be um, it's it's hierarchical. Aquarius is a little bit of uh, of um, an elitist. Can be <laughs> yes, that, there, a shadow side to everything. Exactly. Yes. If you're yeah. going to have like-minded, that can become smaller and smaller depending on what your parameters are. You know, it's uh, I read 
many years ago, actually it was in high school, a long time ago. And it really struck me because if you're trying to meet the multitudes of any large group, particularly like, let's say the whole population, the mean must come, the mean, meaning the average, must lower itself. And this isn't without judgment, but it's just more simplistic as to, to focus on what. And so as we, as groups decide, oh, no, we're going to be in this group or we're going to be in that group, it can get more narrow. That's the Which we're kind of issue. seeing with a lot of the astrological organizations right now. There's quite a, um, with such an interest in astrology right now, of course, there's a desire to find some way to create metrics and understanding when people say that they are you know, qualified as an astrologer that, that they actually are qualified. And so they just attended a workshop for the week under read, you know, read a pamphlet. Um, but um, in that process of changing things over and creating the structures for them, it's, it's very challenging. And I, and I hope that through this process of Pluto in Aquarius and Saturn in Pisces, that there will become more of a coherence that's occurring um, a little bit more, unfortunately, some of these organizations have been run by a lot of egos that um, are really based in singularity as opposed to, again, a collective. And I think as we're going to be seeing more and more, those structures are going to have to break down in order to evolve. That exactly, Michael, illustrates what I picked out of Alan Oaken's book here, and I will read it for those people in the podcast, because he does state Aquarius, the urge to serve and be all things to all people. That's pretty altruistically high-minded. I'm adding that part. Then there's an evolution involved from the projection of self into society for the service of personality. That's pretty much where a person may think to themselves, I'm adding, that they have this larger intent, but it's really servicing their own magnitude, perhaps. I mean, there's we all have shadow sides, and it's very human. We all probably go through this at some part. But the other idea of it, the more expanded, uh, truly evolved part of our maturation, we could call, is transmuting to a profoundly capable orientation toward world service using or through this this pinnacle of group well through group orientation and group consciousness so that we become transformers of humanity that's pretty elevated and and dynamic so it does say that but it's true i think that it's getting called out generally because inclusivity is more and more of course more inclusive we get, it gets more individualized, which is important to recognize there's a way to include multitudes of people by giving dignity, those inherent things that Leo understands. Everybody has its their purpose. Hmm. Yeah, such a, such a great point. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be just, of course, there's going to be shadow stuff that goes on, um, you know, the ways in which you know, they, these are great opportunities for people to play games with their ideas around spirituality, to take advantage of people to, you know, this can be a little bit, you know, there can be charlatanism that goes on, um, you know, people leading or saying, oh, I'm a guru and everything. And all that guru stuff, which is, you know, uh, Jupiter is guru or guru is Jupiter in um, yeah. in Hindu and in Sanskrit. 
So it's like, you know, the teacher, it's not about teaching to be the teacher to everyone and be pet up on that pedestal. It's to teach people to fish so they are, they can go forth and take care of themselves. It's not to create this dependency oh, and this hierarchy. Gorgeous. You know what? I think I can begin to hear. I'm going to choose this picture. I can do it there. There's your other picture. Isn't that great? Oh, I love that picture. Yeah, yeah. that's just excellent. And for folks that are in the podcast, it's a beautiful, uh, well, it's a Buddha really, or is it a, it's a woman Buddha really with the, the, such well, what's really neat is I've been going yeah. to, um, I've got a good friend in Kansas City and, and the Nelson Atkins Museum in Kansas City. There's uh, the, the most exquisite wooden Kuan Yin from the, I think, the 11th or 12th century Chinese. Mm -hmm. Just beautiful, graceful. It's that wooden, more, wooden one where the hand kind of is out so gracefully off to the side. And she's sitting in this really beautiful situation. And I've been looking for her compliment all this time. And a friend of mine um, sent me photos in the Boston Museum of Art where there's this gentleman. Actually, it's male, but it's like, you know, there's androgyny, of course, when you, when yes. you reach a certain level of, that's you right. Know, not, you know, it's, it's about blending of the energies. It's not really, you're not really hanging on to one extreme or the other anymore. The polarities don't matter as much when you reach a certain level of consciousness. And that's what I appreciate here because truly it's that individuality that shares peoplehood, right? right. It's peoplehood. Right. Yeah. Whether it's, yeah, it's just wonderful. Here is an interesting other picture that you did, which is oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for those that aren't being able to see it, it's more of a design using the moon of its phases and the astrological signs and in spheres intersecting each other and yin and yang held together and stars and beautiful things. <laughs> and this was fun that. to do. And then it was kind of like, I was thinking it's almost like it's a little bit like the moment of a birth, you know, how, because that's what's so neat when we think about um, the moment we're born, the gears of each planet or, you know, if, if, the, if the solar system was a big clock, like an old fashioned grandfather clock or a tall case clock, we call them. Um, you know, the gears are all showing these different times. You know, it's like, okay, you know, from this angle, it's cancer. From this angle, it's, you know, this planet's in Gemini. And from, you know, from here, we see this. And you know, the moon and the sun are in this relationship to one another. And it's, it's such a beautiful way to remember, like, what an expression each of us is in each moment. And that's hopefully something that we'll be able to learn with, um, you know, Pluto is about empowerment right now. And I'm glad that you moved this over into the Pluto and Aquarius because Pluto is about empowerment and about power. And so it's like power to the people. I think we're going to probably see more unions, you know, getting really mm -hmm. created. These ideas of, of these large corporations, not these that so many individuals are working at a low wage when there are so few people making these absurdly obscene amounts of money that are making everyone else work so that those people can have lives that they don't even you know no, no human being needs to have billions and billions of dollars in the bank i'm sorry like yeah. you know i think after a billion dollars you know it should be like okay you're taxed like at 50 percent or something because you know everything that you could possibly need as a human being you're going to probably be able to mostly attain except for maybe if you're wanting to build your own fleet of rockets to go to the moon or yeah i was just thinking about that or the or the or the penile shaped one that you know that that's what about the ocean <laughs> i would love folks to get serious about cleaning up the ocean you know it's done on a very minor scale when you consider the world and the size of the ocean that's 72 percent 
10% of our earth. I mean, there's far more ocean than there is land. And we have plastic that's the size of Texas out there. And you have, you know, every little particle of food gets now there's plastic in it. I mean, I could go on a rampage, which I am. Thank you. <laughs> I can I actually explain you 100% on that one. It's like, and then it's yeah. like anything organic now you get is completely wrapped in plastic. So I was like, ah, like, what, like, what is the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go back to paper. Let's do something that's just a little Glass. more. Let's do, I'm you know, done. yeah. No, now I agree. We, and and Saturn, I mean, that's what I, I mean, Saturn is where we need to take responsibility, right? Saturn is that area that requires us to say, hey, you know, something needs to be done. Like, you know, with Saturn and Aquarius, where it's been, it, it's, we need to start taking care of other people. The homelessness situation is really getting out of hand. Housing is getting ridiculously expensive. We're going to have to find new ways of housing people. I think Saturn and Pisces is going to help us to realize, like, if we don't take care of the waterways, and the universality of our planet, um, we're not going to survive as, as a species. Pluto and Aquarius is also, you know, that is a death of humanity. Energe I mean, there's yeah. the symbolism is also there. You know, there could be nuclear threats that we're going to be witnessing. Or um, I saw this with Pluto and Jupiter before with COVID. I saw that as being some sort of a pandemic, but Pluto and Aquarius can be like a type of a pandemic on a level that, um, you know, I know. We, yes. yeah, like when we think about what, what the, um, the European settlers did with smallpox to the first world indigenous oh, people yeah. of the Americas. Montezuma alone. going down there to, to Mexico and our, Cabo or all these people. Well, Saturn in Pisces will be on March 7th, 2023 until May 24th. Actually, it just, at the very end, it retrogrades, um, it, I mean, it, it, to May 24th, 2025. And then for, oh, three months, it, it, it leaves, it goes, um, I'm not sure where it goes. Where does it go? It goes <laughs> anyway, to March 7th, and then I would imagine it goes retrograde from May 24th to September 1st, and then, or September, uh, I'm sorry, July well, here on the 30th, 2025, and then we go direct September 1st, I'm oh, sorry, August 30th, and September 1st, 2025, direct through February 13th. Wait a minute. Well, according to right. this, it's March, no, it's here. Sorry, folks. Here we are. <laughs> One can look it up too. <laughs> well, no, I have it here, and I got this from Cafe Astrology, which maybe they're wrong. But March 7th it, of this month, which is only in a few weeks, it enters Pisces and it stays there all the way until May 24th, 2025. So we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it seems to, oh, I know what happens. It goes into then, of course, it goes into Aries, and then it goes back into Pisces. That's it, late 25. So let, that's a long ways away. We won't even worry about that. Right now it is. And it's time for a break. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We will be right back. This is with Michael Bartlett. Saturn and Pisces, these are very expansive ideas with bridging to Aquarius. We love you. We'll be right back. Thank you.
take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's an encore presentation. Tune in to hear our last healing show with Dr. Nails Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen in the studio. Together, they helped listeners and their animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical issues, and you can get a surrogate healing just by listening and following the instructions. Hope you can join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, and we are back. Michael, before we begin, do you have... Any particular event coming up that you would like to mention in 30 seconds or so? <laughs> uh, the only thing I can say coming up that I'm very excited about is I'm going to be speaking at the International Astrology Days in Istanbul between the 24th and 27th of March. So I'm very excited to be out there. Um, Istanbul and Turkey, Istanbul in particular and Turkey in general are um, are, are really high number of astrologers um, and people who are interested in astrology in the country and both in the country and in the city. So I'm very excited to go out there and speak and meet some of our fellow astrologers out there. Well, that is, I'm speechless because of the earthquakes there. Mm -hmm. It will still be working because of the earthquakes. And I keep thinking of owner Doser, who I know is a great astrologer and I've been meaning to ask if he's okay. So I'm glad. So I checked in with him and there, well, Istanbul, the the earthquake happened over on the Eastern side of the country next Mm -hmm. to Syria. And so Istanbul is is Northwestern. And um, I checked in with owner and he's well, and he's, and he sends his best and and is thankful for anyone who wants to send blessings as well as contributions to help, of course, anything to help. Yes. So many individuals displaced and so many people lost um, and so many amazing tales of survival over a long period. Yes. Oh, incredible. It does. Again, it expands consciousness in the sense that their dedication to look for people found people after a week through these tremendous ordeals. It, I, I love the story of the father and the little child that were exchanging. I forget what 
tales of something, some kind of dream or some, something, something very innocent and beautiful just between them to, to keep the, the moment alive. And maybe that's part of it is staying with the moment, trusting the moment. Yeah, and what and what's just, an interesting? I mean, and and how many people were doing that and sitting there and hoping to be heard and hoping to be saved and didn't have that chance? I mean, I, 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 know, don't know. I, I know. I have a I have a twelfth house moon, and so I have to say that like there's this, it's one of like probably the scariest thoughts. The this idea of being trapped, you know, under. Oh, I know. And, <laughs> and, I mean, I just I can't. My even Saturn's imagine. there. <laughs> And my Saturn's in the fourth in Pisces, so it's kind of the same thing. So it's kind of like, no. <laughs> the idea of living in the bottom floor of an apartment complex or staying in the bottom floor of a hotel or something like that just doesn't doesn't seem safe to me. And it is amazing as one learns through uh, um, archaeology, perhaps, or I'm thinking of the television that has all these wonderful programs, that there were cities where thousands of People lived under the ground for extended periods of time in huge networks like a bee colony. It just pretty incredible as far as this goes. Well, thank you. We are talking about two huge subjects between Saturn entering Pisces, the all-inclusive last mutable sign of water, and the Pluto and Aquarius, that's flash, bam, alakazam that I've been saying that you've talked about the dynamics of the immediate sudden change that has a lot to do both on planetary basis because, of course, on so many elements, they cross-pollinate each other. They're both social, they're both collective, one's conscious, maybe one's unconscious, but yet they synergetically move esoterically with their rulerships in various ways. And also when you think of air and water, they're companions. I mean, in the water, water is H2O. <laughs> you know, it, and because of the cycle of water coming from the ocean into the sky and coming down as fresh water, it feeds everybody. I mean, we're, they're buddies. And they do flock together birds of a feather flock together so here we and, have mm -hmm, go ahead i was just going to say and, and saturn kind of gives us a way to have a relationship here pluto saturn is the last physical planet you can see with the naked eye at night and so that is why our ancestors only really ever went traditional astrology only really goes up to saturn because there wasn't an idea of anything beyond that. And so each time that a new planet, you know, when, uh, when Uranus was found and then we had um, the industrial revolution and then we had the spiritual movement happen in the late 1800s, you know, and then that was the spiritual movement that happened when Neptune was discovered. And then, um, and then we had nuclear war happen in the 1930s when Pluto was discovered, um, you know, then that was, you know, be creating nuclear, you know, so it's this understanding. And I believe it has to do with levels of consciousness an esoteric world, we look at um, Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune. I mean, Pluto's radioactive. So if we think of physical matter as being 
consciousness or spirit at its most dense and if we think of spirit as matter at its least dense we kind of get an understanding of like you know how this is if we look at the star of david you know two triangles coming together a triangle descending from above down towards earth the spirit embodying incarnating basically becoming meat right incarnate and then the triangle coming up from the earth, which is the earth being coming into, into spirit and it meets in our heart. And that's why we, you know, that's what's so important about our heart. And again, the second way about love and wisdom, you know, it's this idea of where we have love and compassion. That, and that's what these outer planets and, and later signs are. It's not, it, it's that thing that says, hey, it's not just about you. <laughs> no, it's dissolving to merge because that's very alienating. That self that's not attached, and 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 whether it's abandonment or whether it's it's alienation, this Piscean energy is going to dissolve those separations and allow us to feel unified with the humanity that we're willing to serve. Shall we look at that? And so I really appreciate everything you're saying. It's very true. Because we want that inner strength that this Piscean energy is going to bring us by connecting to source. Here is the chart. I don't know if we want to look at a few of the charts for the two, because they're both happening within two weeks of each other in March, right. only a, less than a, a few weeks away. Yeah, the sun's already in there, Mercury. I, I love Mercury because Mercury is almost always um, kind of, quote, paving the way is what I like to say, paving the way and preparing preparing us for it as the psychopomp coming in and saying, doo, 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 doo. you know, here come, you know, here comes Kronos into the last sign, into the, the sign that is timelessness. I mean, how does one reconcile the land of Neptune with Saturn? But the truth is, Water needs a container. Water mm. needs something to give it structure. Um, I, the thing that comes to mind for me is is the wonderful saying from the Course in Miracles is is the idea that the ego is this drop of water that remains individualized within the ocean. But when you're in Pisces, you know when Saturn's in Pisces, when the Sun's in Pisces, when any planet's in Pisces, it's like oh, it's me and. I'm one of, you know, yes. it gets into, I mean, with, your, with Aquarius, of course, that's the Borg, you know. <laughs> well, but, you know, inclusivity to me is the, what I love about the recent definition is and both. I can have joy and I can have sorrow. I can be alone, yet I can be part. I can be all these disparate things because what seems disparate or uh, separated because they're in an axis. It's like astrology. It's not just one house versus the other. There are two spectrums of a wheel, you know, a wheel that turns. And, and both of these are dual. Both of these signs are considered dual signs. Both Aquarius and mm. Pisces are considered dual signs. Aquarius, two wavelengths, of course. And Pisces, you know, while you have those two lines, yes. what they symbolize is one fish that's moving actively forward and the other fish that is basically kind of like, relaxing and enjoying the flow of the water um a lot of people make jokes about one being you know one being good and one being bad but i mean these are the eternal yeah. this is the eternal balance and it's about the, it's finding that way of like what is the right amount of activity because hello right across from pisces is virgo 
you know, the busy body of the Zodiac. <laughs> fixer. <laughs> right, the fixer. Very right? capable. Right. And Pisces on the other side says, you know, everything's fine just the way it is. <laughs> well, you know what I'm fascinated with? The Piscean glyph that you're mentioning, or not glyph, but the symbology of this string or this that attaches them, such as the mythology, as we know, of right. Venus and her son, Eris or Cupid fleeing from the, was it the Tartans or the terrible? Someone was after them, yeah. Demons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they flee back to the water, which is this, the emotional fluidity of, of nurturing love. And Venus came out of the water. But what I'm thinking of is, what was I thinking here? So you can do it. <laughs> it was the, um, uh, Let's see, what was it? You were talking about the the symbology two of the the symbology of the of the active and the passive and Venus. Oh yeah, the good the right, the two of them is it's like light. If we think of Pisces, love, light, being synonymous, you know, as far as many times in metaphysical talks, one begins to realize this connection. But light is both a wave and a particle. And so a wave works. As a, as a movement of a force. And then when you stop, the paradox is when it stops and, and you look at it and focus, it becomes just these individual particles. Yet to me that it, it rings beautifully. And it also says about these two fish, one is in motion going through the water and the other one is, is working. It's, it's moving. So one is there and the other is in motion. So it's, it's all. And teaching us to be. I mean, I think one of the most important, I think in esoteric astrology, Libra is the, I mean, as we all know, Libra is the only inorganic sign. It's not an animal, a creature, or a human. Um, it is an inanimate object that is about balance. And in esoteric astrology, we call it the pause. So it's like the taking of the breath. Mm. It's like stepping back a second. And Aquarius has a little bit of that, but it, you know, it's, it's Aquarius has an idea what needs to be done. Aquarius isn't going to, um, Aquarius is going to fixate on whatever that kind of issue is that needs to be resolved and finding things. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how we move into this. I think it's also the issues of automation. Uh, we have Uranus in Taurus squaring by sign where Pluto mm -hmm. is. So, um, you know, that agitation, you know, what, you know, what, how do our, how do we uh, relate to this new age of electronic experiences? Yes, in March 23rd, and this is Greenwich time at 4.44 p.m., Pluto will enter Aquarius. And we must be feeling the vibrations a lot. Of course we do. You know, it's like nothing is instant. It's not like the TV dial that gets clicked. It's a process of, of, of sensation and, and energetic motion, just like waves coming in on the sea. And I don't know about you, but I, for some reason, and when I look at this chart, I can see where there there are some issues with it that can create it. That in conjunct with Pluto to Mars, um, it's an out of sign in conjunct. The nice thing is they're by air, but um, interruptions that we might be end up happening by you know to our computers and to our um, our cloud based <laughs> things. I, I really want to welcome My people to mouse. find ways of. 
yeah, you're dead mess. But I mean, in those things of where we rely on, you know, all of our bank account information is online, oh. you know, I think it's really good to like every once in a while print out a copy of your bank account. It's really important every once in a while because um, with solar flares, with other things going on, you know, with the shifting of the poles that we're getting ready to do, one of the things that happens is the electromagnetic field pulls itself in. When it does, that allows for a lot of more solar activity and uh, and a lot of the other rays that normally don't make it through into our atmosphere, their atmosphere kind of bounces out is gonna be coming in. So I think we're gonna be experiencing a lot of things that, um, as they say, you know, may you live in interesting times, you know, we're in Kali Yuga times. It's, um, it's not, it, it's not the normal regular way of doing things. So I think that no, you know, Mars, like, yeah, go ahead. Well, we're all being transported. We're all being transported. And it began as we all recognize, I feel back at 2020, right there. I mean, it could have been happening, but we were conscious of it back in, I was in Seattle, as a matter of fact, when the first official COVID came out in Issaquah at, a, at an elderly home there and wherever it could have been, but that's what's acknowledged. But the point being that unanimously our operation became altered and stopped, literally stopped, like a, you know, and, and you could say an escape, <laughs> an escape from what had been into new territory. And it's always, it's like we're vacationing, but yet the vacation becomes your home after a while. It's not really a vacation. It's like new terms, new yeah. terms of conduct and new terms of, of um, behavior and cultural culture, culture itself changing. That Pluto and Sun sextile. That's interesting. That, I, I think we're going to get a. I think we're going to get a a flash, surprise, sort of an experience or some sort of a thing that's going to give us a little bit of a hint of what this Pluto and Aquarius is going to get. I think this time between mm -hmm. March and um, and is it August or September? I think is when it switches back out back into Capricorn until. Well, let's see. Year. I've got a chart here somehow. Uh, what of my timing, if that's right. what you want to yeah, see exactly, timing. we'll go yeah. right back here. Come on, Perfect. Sue, Thank we can you. do this. <laughs> yeah, where is it? Is it here? Nope. Darn. I don't have my mouse, folks, so I'm going old-fashioned with the finger, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's yeah. Pluto and Aquarius giving your computer the finger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Is it here? No, it's not. Where did I put this? Nathan, do you see where there's a chart that says the dates Pluto. for Pluto? Now that's a chart for Pluto, but is there one where I put the dates for the the ingress, uh, like when it was going to be and what sign? Well, at any rate, I, I do believe my memory here is all okay. these it's different. It's one of things. those. Yeah, they're in there. I think it might. Is it after this one? Maybe. No, this is the very last one. Okay, then go backwards. Because this is Saturn. Just go back um, and then go backwards. Backwards. It's not letting me. Sometimes. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay. a little limited here in the. Okay, okay no let's problem. try this. Okay, oh, let's try it going this way. Yeah. Uh, Pluto and 
Aquarius. Yeah. Oh, thank you for your patience. Yeah, March yeah. 23rd, it enters only in the zero degree of Aquarius with minutes, but until June 11th, which is interesting because yeah. Sedna, the outer planet, the furthest dwarf planet on the 15th enters Gemini, but they don't make a connection. I mean, uh, an exact connection. I mean, trying or anything. Then it stays in Capricorn. It goes back to 27 degrees Capricorn, which is right about what we're experiencing now until January of next year. So from June to January, which is six, seven months. And then in, it will go into Aquarius again, just for two degrees for most of the year, nine months until September when school starts, 2024. And then it retrogrades again, and it actually tiptoes into the very last degree of, of Capricorn for only a couple of months because a degree only takes a couple of months. And then November 19th, 2024, which is a ways away, that's a year and a half, it will finally enter its entire Aquarius cycle until 43. I see these kind of periods as being stitching periods. You know, Pluto's kind of bringing this in there. And the other thing to remember with Pluto, I mean, with Aquarius and, um, and Capricorn is they're both Saturn ruled. In esoteric astrology, Aquarius, uh, Saturn rules Capricorn on both the traditional level as well as the esoteric level, meaning that there's an understanding, there's this idea that one cannot get, well, first of all, it's not about the ego. It's this idea of becoming personal to the impersonal and impersonal to the personal. So ah. it's this understanding that one needs to not be taking everything as um, that it has to do with oneself. It's about sacrificing and letting things go and, and releasing and, and understanding that you can't really step into the next level of your consciousness, the next level of your understanding, if you haven't done your proper work. Do you know what's interesting about that? It makes me feel of a responsibility. If you feel like one is responsible for everything that happens, that's very egocentric, actually. Whereas instead, if one realizes that one is in partnership with the whole of the universe, of this spiritual greater energy that manifests through our attraction of what we feel and how we are oriented, then we have responsibility for ourselves in that regard and therefore we can accommodate we don't we don't feel responsible directly for like you were indicating you know with that so is that perhaps the impersonal that and one of my favorite sayings is um you know trust in allah or god or the all that is and tie your camel to the tree and that's what you're speaking to here, right? Is this idea, I mean, and, and, and these things, you know, like the story that came forward a few years ago with that thing, the secret, you know, like all you have to do is affirm. And if you affirm, you know, you're magically gonna make things occur. Yeah. No, it's, it's, such, it's so, it's like so hor such, such horrible kind of schlock to sell to people because it makes them think that, oh, I can just get things and it, it because it's not, that's really- And they can be guilty problems. because they can't do it and what's wrong with them. Exactly, and all that exactly. Stuff. Well, it's yeah. like, you know, it isn't your time, but the thing is, is if you learn how to radiate and be your authentic self, you know, that which Saturn teaches us, that which Pluto gives us, you know, and you start radiating that and you start being your true self, chances are you're going to start making money and having the connections that are going to start giving you the life that you're really wanting to live. It is. It, 
Absolutely. Attraction is truly that sense of what is beautiful and what can be beautiful is not just in the in forms of perceived form, but yet in all form. You know, it's it, I'm thinking vibrationally speaking, the, the very core part of it. So and it's beautiful to think that as little as I know about esoteric and I'm learning also little bit is it's a second ray what is the first ray is the first ray the first ray is will okay the will. So, so you know no. this idea of like you know in the bible and is it's this idea of like let there be light before that is spoken before the word the logo is spoken there's the thought of it Yes, so it's like, so it's so like, that gets a lot in to do about attraction. It's what you're feeling. It's not just a mental, but it's that organic connection between thought, emotion, awareness. Intention. Yeah, intention. Awareness. yeah, intention, yes. And so therefore, the fact that love is base is really gives glory to the full spectrum. I think Aquarius will offer that embracing envelope of love that can incorporate because without yeah. love love requires us to be forgiving to be of all those things of the piscean teaches of compassion to get over oneself you know oh i was hurt no this was done and the injustices and blah 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 which could be in one framework nothing's not true but yet is that the whole truth and nothing but the truth Possibly not. And that's a hard, I think that can be another shadow part of Pluto and Aquarius, right? Because it is a fixed sign. And if it gets stuck in that, I like okay, my friend, mm -hmm. my friend, Aaron Sullivan has a great saying too. She says, you know, the smaller the idea, the more petty the Aquarian, the more grand the idea, the more grand, more grand the idea, the more grand the Aquarian, because it's like, if they get caught up in the minutia, you know, that's where the problem is. And so Pluto's like coming in and saying, Hey, you know, it's, it's not necessarily so. <laughs> that reminds me of that song. Not necessarily. So forget how that goes. I think it's a great song. Uh, boy, oh boy. Well, we're in for a lot of flash bam alakazam, I suppose, and the fish and water. And it's very exciting though, because it has to do about nature. I love nature. You know, we I love the city too, of course, but how could we live without the trees and the birds and the bees and the water and the trees and all of that? Yeah. I yeah. Think I live, I live out in the country and I, um, I think that to be honest, that's, that's an aspect that Aquarius, I believe, and Pisces both share is, is need for space, need for time. Um, I know for myself, um, I live on the top of the hill. I've, I have great views in all directions. It like when I come home, this part of me, I just like literally exhale. There's just a peace. There's a sense. And so, you know, getting out in nature is going to be really important to people. Getting out in things where you have a larger perspective. One of the things I think is so powerful about Aquarius too is the periscopic ability. This ability, when you think mm -hmm. about submarines, you know, going down and they have this thing that shoots up so they can see things a little bit higher above them. Aquarius has that ability inherently and it was like, you know, it's got the Saturn body and then it can shoot up consciousness that is like the Uranus 
Uranus energy coming in that gives flashes of insights. And that Saturn gives it somewhere to land. That's what I think is really so beautiful about it. And then when we think about with Jupiter being love and Aquarius is like unrelenting pursuit for knowledge, I think knowledge and love combined is what creates wisdom. It's this thing that we devote ourselves to, this thing that we give ourselves to over time. Oh, Michael, that's beautiful. I am really a great umbrella, a relationship. I mean, why do we need the umbrella? Because the rain's coming down and we blah, blah, blah. But still, I, I like all this. It's been wonderful. Thank you. That is a treat. Yeah, we are about to enter new voyages. We'll get our our weather vane up and our sails rigged in. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you to everybody. Do subscribe and keep in touch with us. We love your feedback and we wish you happy voyages or sound, sound, smooth, integral being. Yes. On a holistic self. <laughs> okay. Till again. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Cosmic Pathway.